Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Vitaldone podcast for Thursday, December 31st. S&P futures are trading down about 5 to 6 points, that is 15 basis points. Nasdaq futures are flat. Europe's major industries are trading down about 15 to 20 basis points. Keep in mind, a bunch of markets are closed in Europe for the holiday, including Germany. So you have a bunch of big companies that just aren't trading this morning. Asia generally traded very well. Mainland China, in particular, the Shanghai Comp finished up 1.7%. Japan was closed for a holiday. So as one would assume on New Year's Eve, it's very quiet as far as volumes, attendance, and news. There's really not a lot of major incremental headlines to go through this morning. Um, other than perhaps China's MBS PMIs for December, that's the first real big economic data point out of that country for December. Um, they were okay, not terrific. They fell a tiny bit short of expectations, but really not by much. Um, you know, declined modestly versus November, but um, in general, still above the 50 demarcation point between growth and contraction in the economy and overall relatively healthy. Otherwise, again, very slow in terms of uh, new news to note. You are seeing a lot of noise out of Washington. Washington is a lot busier than it should be this time of year. Um, you know, I think the big takeaway of everything that's been coming out in terms of you had a Republican senator say yesterday that he will endorse some of the House efforts to undermine or at least contest the election results um, when Congress reconvenes to certify them on January 6th. You had McConnell um, again come out and block this initiative to pass uh, stimulus checks that would hand out an incremental $1,400 to most Americans that would that would put the total distributed to about 2000 when you take into account the $900 billion stimulus bill that just passed. So all the noise and, and news out of Washington, I think the big takeaway is it is undermining the Republicans' chances of keeping their Senate majority on January 5th when you have the two runoff elections in Georgia. Remember, all Republicans have to do is win one of those races to keep their majority. That still is the most likely outcome, but the chances of Democrats taking the majority and winning both of those seats is moving up. Um, because I think of what's occurring in Washington again. If you go back to the November election results and you look at the breakdown of voting, the down ticket ballots of the Republican Senate and House races did much better, performed much better than Trump did. Um, and I think that would have been the case again in Georgia. But Trump is injecting himself into this election, almost making it a referendum on himself again. And if that occurs, um, it's really going to uh, harm the party's chances. And so if you look at the early voting figures, which tend to favor Democrats, they are extremely strong, stronger than they were in the November election. Um, and you also have not really seen a lot of polling coming out of these races. So the market's somewhat blind going into Georgia on the 5th. So all that together, um, again, my takeaway from the news in Washington in the last several days is that it's hurting the Republican chances of keeping the Senate majority. Um so that, that, again, that I think is really what people should be reading into the news in Washington. Um, in terms of the calendar for today, there's obviously not much to talk about. You just have jobless claims at 8.30. Nothing really on the calendar for the rest of the today or tomorrow, other than a couple of economic numbers internationally. Um, next week, though, is very important. You have a lot of big macro events, including, like I said before, the Georgia runoffs. 
The House and Senate will be convening on the 6th to certify the election results. There is some noise. You will see um, an initiative um, to contest the results in certain states. Those initiatives will fail. Biden is going to become president, but there will be um, some noise on that day uh, as the Senate is forced to kind of go on the record formally and vote um, to certify Biden. You have minutes from the FOMC meeting on Wednesday the 6th. You have the jobs report on the 8th. You have possibly um, the phase three data out of Johnson & Johnson. That, to me, um, is probably the next major upside risk for the market to the extent that that data is is healthy. And again, you don't have to hit the 90% plus efficacy figures of Pfizer or Moderna to be considered healthy. I think anything around 70% for efficacy with a clean safety profile would be pretty positive, especially given that this Johnson Johnson vaccine only requires a single shot um, and has less stringent supply chain demands uh, that the mRNA ones do from Pfizer and Moderna. You also have a bunch of earnings next week, including Micron Thursday evening. Um, so that's really it in terms of news for this morning. I put out a, a big macro piece yesterday, just looking at all the big themes and trends for investors to be considering as you go into 2021. So be sure to check that out. That is on the website. Um, and then I also talked about some of the upside and downside risks facing stocks over the coming weeks. Again, I think the Johnson Johnson data is a big upside risk. Um, and then I think also, too, once Biden is inaugurated on the 20th, and I think he starts to outline his um, economic priorities for you know his initial months in office, I think they will focus very much on economic revitalization, incremental fiscal stimulus, um, infrastructure spending in particular. I think that there will he will de-emphasize the chances of tax hikes. So I think that also is an, uh, another upside risk. Um, you know, in terms of downside risk, I do think the upcoming earnings season may be mildly underwhelming, just given that over the last two seasons, so the Q2 and Q3 seasons, you had huge upside versus expectations and you had positive qualitative commentary from most companies in terms of positive linearity uh, with trends improving month to month as the economic reopening process um, occurred throughout uh, the spring and summer. Um, I think now in Q4, the upside will be less dramatic. And I think the messaging will be a little bit more negative in that you've seen linearity turn um, turn negative for a bunch of companies, given, what you've ha- given what's occurring on the COVID front with surging cases and incremental mitigation steps. Um, I think the consensus forecast for earnings of about $170 for 2021 and then about $195 for uh, 2022. I think those are still reasonable. It's just the Q4 season may sound, um, won't be as positive as the last two had been. Um, In terms of how the market would interpret a Democratic sweep in Georgia and then Democrats taking the majority in the Senate on the 5th, um, I think it's probably a net negative. You obviously will have some increased forecast for fiscal stimulus um, but I also do think that taxes would become a larger topic of concern. Um, and then two, I think there's been you know a lot written in the last several days, and I talked about it again in in that macro piece I published yesterday. Um, you know, I do think that the big macro theme for 2021 is going to be interest rates and the risk that they will move up in response to the enormous fiscal stimulus um, that has been pumped into the market over the course of 2020. Um, and obviously, if that were to occur, it would undermine equity multiples, which have been the the, the single biggest driver of, of the um, equity rally. So be sure to check out that piece. I talk more about that 
um, in there. You know, like I said, I think if you go back to 20, uh, 2019, trade was a big macro theme. Obviously, COVID was a big macro theme for 2020. I think interest rates um, and and the risk that they move up and hurt multiples will be the big macro theme for 2021. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.